Always remember the art of good business is being a good middleman. Bye-bye. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the OG Middleman Podcast. I am the OG Middleman. I have been not well the last couple weeks. Took a little vacation to one of my favorite places to go in Southern California, Palm Springs. Unfortunately, just as I was leaving, got COVID and then got the flu and then got sick again with something else, probably RSV and still feeling the effects of it today. So essentially, I have been sick for about three weeks. It's been pretty bad. Uh, Coughing, you know, lots of body aches, but more than anything, it was just exhaustion. Uh, I literally spent most of the time uh, in Palm Springs in bed, which wasn't fun. But I got to watch a lot of TV, got to watch a lot of news, Got to get updated on a lot of things that I wasn't aware of. So let's get to it. Um, One of the things that obviously that we were all glued to, at least I was, over the last uh, week or so was the Republicans essentially eating their own, trying to elect a Speaker of the House. And I have a bunch of takeaways from this as I sat there and, and watched and I, I, I see everything that everyone else is seeing, but I also see things and pay attention to things that other people aren't. And one of the things that jumped out at me first was how little they seem to be negotiating in these breaks, particularly when it was an entire day where they would do a vote and then take a short break, come back, do a vote. If you watched on TV, if you were watching like I was, and it was kind of moronic as I was sitting there watching these nudniks um, trying to choose a Speaker of the House. But as I watched them, I noticed that no one seemed to be that upset about the fact that they couldn't come to a an agreement. They you know, kind of pulled off into their little cadres and you saw them laughing. Many of them were on their phones. Uh, I can only imagine that most of them was social media or texting to other people thinking about what the fuck is going on here. But I noticed just a lack of effort going on. And it was almost to me that they knew what the end result was going to be, but certain parties wanted to get their pound of flesh out of this and for sure the douche of all douches and he's always been a douche to me since the very first moment that he ever appeared on tv as matt gates i want you to look at his face and then i want you to go to beavis and butthead and tell me he doesn't remind you of one of those two characters i'm not saying he's a bad looking guy because you look at him, he's got all the natural features of, of a reasonable looking guy, but he just has the look of a sleaze ball. He just has that look that you put something on him and it's just going to slip off. And he probably is in the right occupation, the slick back hair and, and, you know, all just, he just seems so disgusting to me. And it was only fitting that, it came down to him being the last one to vote. And he knew that. This guy knew that he was going to be the deciding factor. He wanted to be in that position. He wanted as much airtime as he possibly could get. Uh, I'm sure he was on the bat phone uh, to Mr. Um, Trump. As we saw one... Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene in one scene uh, from this debacle, she was holding up the phone with Donald Trump on it so he could hear the negotiations. Kind of 
ruminate on that for a second. He's not part of there. He wasn't invited, obviously. He has no reason to be there. Yet, Marjorie Taylor Greene thought that it was important enough that she would include him into the dynamics of these conversations by putting him on the phone and letting him listen in. I wonder how many other presidents or past presidents have ever done something like that or ever been involved in something like that. I mean, it was is that at all shocking to people? It's just stunning to me how ridiculous American politics have become. We could watch the wheels fall off the wagon all over the world, and we have just go on YouTube and watch um, debates and other arguments happen in uh, you know different uh, congresses and um, voting systems in other countries. They also have problems, but it's never happened here. But it just in the course of of a couple of years, we've seen some of the worst in our history. I mean, over a hundred years before this type of indecision has been, you know, has it reared its ugly head in American politics. The last time, the last big disagreement that we ever had was over slavery. How about that? Slavery, that we, we were arguing that, that over slavery issues 130 years ago. Now we're we're here with these. They're just tools. It's, it's the only way that I can describe them. And I'm not saying that the, Demo the Democratic side doesn't have their share of idiots, because they do. And all you got to do is, again, just plug in sometimes to listen to some of these people speak and and particularly their speeches i mean we we certainly avoided one tragic misstep with the herschel walker thing uh but man oh man what it was and i i was glued to it my wife was kept saying i can't believe you're watching this i couldn't pull away i couldn't pull away and every time the camera was live with a with a wide out shot, I just scanned the whole the whole room to see who was pairing up with one another. I was also interested in some people who weren't pairing up with anybody. They just were consistently by themselves. It was almost like they had no friends. They were just over there doing their own thing. I probably would be one of those guys. If I was ever in politics, I would probably just like leave me alone. Let me do my thing over here. I'm going to vote the way that I think it's right, and, and that's it. Uh, and I, I was surprised that none of the Democrats jumped over. I mean, I thought they missed a great opportunity to represent themselves to the American public as a whole by coming together and saying, you know what? We've had enough of this nonsense. We're going to get involved. We know we can't elect our person, but we're going to gather a couple of votes and we are going to sacrifice ourselves, throw ourselves on the sword so we can get this over with and get home to our families and get back to governing. So maybe four of them could have got together and voted for McCarthy. I was surprised that no one brought that up. That would have been a strong move on my part. I would have suggested that. They probably would have laughed me out because, you know, you're not going along with party lines. But I thought it would have been interesting. So I think an opportunity was missed. But it was, it was gripping television to me day after day. Uh, I'm happy that it's over and we can get back to it. But as you well know, the nightmare has just begun. It's just begun. Um, so Christmas came and went for all of us people who celebrate Christmas. You put your Christmas decorations up, and then you took them down. And I'm interested to see how many people leave their Christmas decorations up and how long it takes for them to take them down. I remember families growing up, no joke. I don't think they took them down until March. They just didn't want to. I just think it was too much of a hassle. But I remember many, many houses just 
night after night, the Christmas decorations still being up. And I can tell you right now, in some of the places that I lived in in my in my younger years, people put them up and never took them down. <laughs> There's still there are still homes from my childhood that still have the Christmas lights wrapped around some tree somewhere. I guarantee you, guarantee. Was like the yeah I'm not I'm, I'm I was gonna make a comment I'm gonna pass on it I'm trying you know it's the new year and I guess everybody has their their resolutions and I apologize for the tone of my voice and maybe occasional sniff or cough as I'm still suffering from the effects of these colds uh, but resolutions are always a funny thing and and we all have them I can't stand them honestly they're just silly uh i try to make a resolution every day they normally don't work i don't you know i'm resolved to do something and and change a habit which is really all we're, all we're talking about most of the time is just changing a habit i can't seem to do it i don't have the resolve particularly with eating healthy man I, i'm i'm a big guy you, you can, nobody can see my voice right now you don't know what i look like yet but that's coming i you know one of the things that i'm going to do with this podcast and by the way thank you for the listeners who have listened to this podcast i appreciate it i've actually gotten a fair number of listens i was actually surprised i was surprised how far my podcast has traveled to other countries uh so it's fascinating that People are are listening in, and I kind of feeling I'm a little disappointed that I didn't continue recording while I was sick. I couldn't, obviously. I brought all my equipment with me, but I wanted to keep it going. But yeah, my podcast traveled to many other countries. I think I'm in like ten different countries now. So the power of social media or internet um, is is evident in the work that I do here, which is not really work. I mean, to me, this is fun. I have to admit, this is really fun. I, I, I'm, I'm all over the place now because I'm, I'm on oolong tea. I, I've gotten off coffee for a minute, and I've switched over to oolong tea. Now, I tried oolong tea a long time ago, and I was drinking too much of it, and it gave me the jitters and made my heart race because apparently oolong tea is – it gets your heart rate going, and it's an appetite suppressant. So, which is where I started this rambling section of my podcast out was my weight. Um, you can't see me. I'm a big guy. Um, 6'3". I'm, I'm saying 240 because that's where I've been hovering at. And that's a, a, I was pushing almost 260 at one point and got a little serious about how much I was eating, not so much what I was eating, but how much, which is, uh, that's lovely to hear that sound. Um, my problem, and if I'm going to say it's a resolution for this year, uh, is that I just, I eat too much and it's, 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 it's ridiculous. The amount of food that I can consume in a sitting, particularly if I'm really hungry. I, I went, I just can tell, you know, like the portions that I have are absurd. They're just, they're just not normal. And I know that's my biggest problem. I, I watched a couple of things, um, some, some podcasts. There's, there's a guy that I'm following on health and fitness. Um, his name escapes me right now. I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer this morning, nor am I ever. Um, but he just, he talked about um, portion control uh, and, and ingredients and whole foods and all that kind of stuff. And it, it was, it kind of resonated with me. Uh, so, you know, I'm focusing on, on whole foods now, trying to avoid processed stuff and anything with preservatives. And but one of the podcasts that I listened to, or it was a YouTube video, was Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan spoke about what we do every day with our lives. What we are doing for our money, how we make a living. 
and the jobs that we do every day. And he talked about how we wake up every day and a lot of us, myself included, go to a job that is not fun. You know, it's not enjoyable. It's not something that inspires you, that spurs creativity or gets the juices flowing or gets you excited to wake up every day. But you got to pay the bills. And so one of my my uh, personal mottos for a long time was to find something that you love to do. Okay, find the thing that gives you the most joy. Okay, so maybe fucking gives you the most joy and then you become a porno star. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Or maybe I am. Who knows? Uh, no knock on porno stars. Um, but, I mean, for me, I always wanted to be on the radio. As growing up on my little transistor AM radio, I think I may have spoken about this before. But this podcast now gives me an opportunity to do what I always thought was fun. And all those years of talking to myself, I would have, like, I was like a mental patient. I was like an eight-year-old, nine-year-old mental patient talking to myself, having conversations with myself, interviewing invisible people, you know, playing with my little uh, green army soldiers or my toys and having conversations between the two of them. For hours and hours, I would do this. That gave me joy. But I didn't have a parent or a mentor that said, you know, you should nurture that more. You seem to like that, that they would recognize that there was something good about that and how I could capitalize on it. And I watched a movie last night. So anyway, wait, I'm all over the place, as you can tell. So I apologize, but there's a lot of ground to cover. I'm not going to cover it all today. Um, but the Joe Rogan thing said, find, you know, basically find what you love to do. And, and then do that thing. So, so you feel good about it and, and don't work, try to figure out the money situation if you can, so that, you know, you're paying your bills and, and that's kind of where I am now a little bit about this. I mean, I still got to go do the grind, uh, which I'll be doing right after this podcast is over. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's finding what you love to do and then figuring out a way to make money at it, I guess is still my motto. I watched a movie last night. This is, a, I'm going to give you a little movie review. Um, I kept, everybody kept telling me to watch the Fablemans, watch the Fablemans. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a good movie. To me, it's, you know, maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind. That happens, you know, when you go watch a movie. And I, I guarantee you, there's movies that you watch one time you didn't like. And when you went back a second time, you realized they were really good. Uh, but The Fablemans, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a wonderful movie. Well done. Steven Spielberg's, you know, little semi-autobiographical or autobiographical movie, movie without himself, you know, interesting. But the part that was interesting to me was how passionate he was about making movies from the start and how he fed that throughout his life and he just kept feeding it and feeding it and feeding it because that's what he wanted to do and I look back on my life now and if I had known what I really want really really wanted to do and didn't get caught up in the rat race and the survival mode which is it was I was in fear-based living pretty much the entirety of my life um, if I had only recognize that I think I would be a much happier person as a whole I'm usually not a very happy guy I just I'm just cynical about everything um just it's just my nature uh but I probably would have been who knows you know knowing knowing me and once I set my mind on something to do something and my will to achieve it 
if I continued on with something, I'm going to become good at it. Like pickleball. My pickleball, you know, is still coming along, but might have a little wrench in the monkey works here. Um, my knee is a little tricky right now. So I'm wearing a knee brace. Uh, I haven't played pickleball in a couple of weeks, obviously. So we're going to see where this goes, but I've already had two knee surgeries. I can't, I mean, a third one, God almighty, I hope not. Um, but the Fableman's wonderful movie. I'm not going to say it's my Academy Academy award winning pick. I'm not going to say that. Um, and I haven't seen them all yet. So I'm probably going to go see the whale in the next day or two. I've been dying to see Brandon Fazer's, Brendan Fraser's performance in that. That movie interests me interests me a lot. I love the director. So I think I'm going to like that. Uh, but we'll see. I, I lean towards darker movies and things like that. Babylon is getting really interesting um, reviews. Some good, some bad. I'm not sure which way to go. Um, it seems like a tour de force. Again, I like the director there. My wife hates musicals, so I don't know how much she's going to want to see that, but I'm going to want to go enjoy that in the theater myself. But I did watch a movie last night that I want to tell you about. Um, With, you know, two of my favorite actors. So I'm going to take a short break here and I'll be right back. And I am back. Um, So... My movie review for this podcast. I want to premise it first by saying, if I make a recommendation, if OG Middleman makes a recommendation to something, you need to go and check it out. If it's a song, if it's a movie, if it's a restaurant, whatever I make or recommend on here, I'm not leading you down a bad path. Trust me. It's going to be good shit. I'm actually thinking about doing a segment on here called The Good Shit and making a list every week of all the stuff that I run across that is good shit. And I watched the movie last night. It's on IFC. Now, the movie came out in 20... Shit. Um, 2014. And it has a great title. I love the title. It's called God's Pocket. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. What more do you need to know? Um, One of the greatest actors of our time, uh, sadly, went too fast. John Turturro is in it also. Um, It speaks to me because of the location uh, of where the movie was shot, which was in... Philadelphia, but I noticed there were also, because I recognized that some of the roads was New Jersey in there. And so there was some, some Jersey shots in there. And I, it was just a beautifully shot movie. It's, they're calling it a dark comedy. And I went and checked out the reviews after watching the movie, which is a fascinating thing to do is to watch a movie. If you're a movie fan like me, is to watch a movie and then go read the reviews and see what people think about it. And I went and read the reviews afterwards, and I was surprised that Rotten Tomato um, gave it poor reviews. And I don't know why that is. And I'm curious about that. We're going to talk about that sometime, why some people just don't like certain movies. And for this one, I could probably see that they just found it maybe a little tasteless, uh, particularly one scene that I, I totally understand, but they failed to recognize maybe the black humor in that. Um, but just, just the, the lighting, um, I call it a miserable little miracle of a movie. That that's the way that I described it last night. As I was thinking about this, it's a miserable little miracle of a movie and it must be watched. Um, there are some sticky things in there, you know, bring about maybe weekend at Bernie's, uh, some, br- some brutal stuff in there too that happens. And so, you know, be prepared for that. 
but the cast is amazing and it's a must watch and for sure one of the better movies that I've seen this year so far. It's called God's Pocket. Watch it. Enjoy it. It's a wonderful little film. And um, that's my little movie review. I want to talk about a little event that happened in my in my personal life that was kind of funny. So uh, on, on Christmas Day, uh, a bunch of us gathered. Uh, most of the people that I'm close with are Jewish. So in typical fashion on Christmas Day, the Jewish community loves to order Chinese food. How this started, why it started, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's the only place that's open. I don't know. But Chinese food was the theme. And it was a large gathering of people. I'm going to say there was maybe 18 to 20 people, somewhere around there, 16 maybe. So you have to imagine that an order that large on Christmas Day going into a Chinese restaurant is going to be harrowing. It's going to be a nightmare. Thank God I didn't have to go pick it up and I wasn't involved in the procurement of the Chinese food. But two of my, my friends did and they were texting regular moment by moment updates of the scenes that were going on inside of this Chinese restaurant. Now we were there for a to-go order, a large to-go order. 18 people will say, you can imagine how many different orders there were. And I'm pretty sure everybody ordered something different. I can't, can't be certain, but I'm pretty confident everybody had something different to order. So you're talking about all those orders, plus all the rice, plus all the condiments that come with it. And so as we're getting blow by blows of what it was like in there and so many people waiting for their orders, people running around, it was a nightmare for our friends. Thank God I didn't have to go there because I'm not good in those situations. My patience is not good uh, during those, those things, those times. I wasn't the right person for that job. I can tell you that. But the food ultimately was picked up. So we go and we we sit at the dining table and our friends did a nice little setup back there and, you know, set up all the chairs and made a nice festive environment for us. It was a wonderful night. So we, we start spreading out all the orders. And we noticed that the first thing we noticed was that there, there was no rice. That's a huge problem. That's, a, that's an alarm that there's no rice. How could there be no rice? Just about everything in Chinese food, you know, menu needs rice under it. So the rice is missing. And then we notice a couple orders are missing. missing. Then we notice there's no condiments. There's no mustard. There's no, any, none of that. There's no sauces of any kind. Nothing. So we're, we're sitting down to eat. The food is out. And some people don't have any food. Some people don't have any rice or condiments. There's, there is a real panic happening there. So as we are, it's good. We're nice. We start saying, hey, you want to share some food? You know, would you like some of the, some food? And we shared the food and it wasn't a big deal. You know, people, there was certainly other things to eat there. Um, they could have ordered Domino's. I think they were laughing about it. They were going to order Domino's. Uh, so, but it, it became, you know, kind of a little running gag that the food wasn't there, but they didn't leave it be. They called the restaurant and first one, one of my friends called and spent some time on the phone. Now, remember it's Christmas day. So calls are still coming in while this woman is trying to find out what happened to the remainder of our order. So phone calls come in, we get disconnected, we call back. Another my, one of my friends calls, you know, haggling on the phone with people, you know, come back and get it, you know, all these kind of things. So no one's going to go back now and drive all the way there to get the Chinese food 
now that we're all sat down. It's not going to happen. But needless to say, negative reviews were were shared amongst the table. The food was okay. The food was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was okay. My food came, as you as you could probably imagine, assume. Um, so the bitching went on, multiple phone calls, and then we ate our food. And the night went on. Fast forward three days later. We are at Joshua Tree National Park doing a little hiking, rock climbing, if you want to call it that. But, you know, they have those those little boulder sections that, you know, it's more bouldering than it is rock climbing, which is in itself, it's kind of scary because some of those... Some of those, you're, it's going to happen. I, I can tell you this for a fact, that there's going to be a story that comes out that a innocent person climbing on one of these little, you know, rock outcroppings, a rock falls on them. It's going to happen because some of these rocks are precariously perched up there. I mean, they're just, it's, they've been there for God knows how many years and weather and wind and everything have worn away anything that's supporting underneath of it. And you can see they're just like hanging on by nothing and people are climbing on top of it, including me, including me. I didn't go away to the top what some people did. I could have, it was just, it wasn't worth it for me. Uh, but while we're in Joshua tree, a text comes in. They found the Chinese food. Apparently, one of the geniuses who loaded the car. Now, I must premise this. One of them did say that they were too high to go pick up the Chinese food. That they were too high for this. In all honesty, he did say that. But he was sent anyway. Nevertheless, he was the person who went. So they found the Chinese food in one of the little storage wells inside the back of his Tesla that he, I guess he never bothered to look inside there. So the Chinese food was in the back of the car the whole time. And it's interesting that no one bothered to go do a thorough look to say, oh, wait, maybe it's there. It's got to be there. And no one went back for a second look to find it. Or if they did, it was a lazy look and they didn't look at it. They didn't look deep enough. But there the Chinese food was sitting for three days in the back of the Tesla. And we had a laugh. I thought it kind of funny. So there's my little anecdotal Christmas story for the year. Um, Don't get high and go pick up Chinese food on Christmas Day. That's the moral of the story. Social media and Lizzo, and who's turning into be one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, she she listen. She has viral power. There's a lot of people following her. So when I say something, I'm not going to reach a lot of people. But when somebody with those kind of followers says something, it makes an impact. So. Might have been yesterday or a day before, I'm not sure. But she she just basically posted like, y'all should stop believing everything that you read on social media as being the truth. And I have been saying this and and in all honesty, I've been I've been tweeting Elon Musk and his fervent desire to have everything posted on there on, on Twitter with reckless abandon that you can say anything you want on there, that the freedom of speech is so important that it's okay to say whatever you want. It's just up to you whether or not you want to believe it. I don't agree with that. I understand our, our need to be able to say what we want, but not on social media. The power, the, the power of that tool is so, so strong 
that we can't allow that to happen. So I want to bring about a very interesting social media event that went on that I don't even know if enough people are talking about this, but to me, it was fucking shocking. Some nut job. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to look up her name. Um, but she went on, I'm going to say TikTok, uh, and she read tarot cards and she read the tarot cards as it related to these really horrific, tragic murders that happened in Idaho. And, and if you have, if you, unless you've been living under a rock, you know exactly what happened over there. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Can only imagine the, the depth of sadness that that those families suffered this holiday season. Just tragic and just awful. And this woman who I'm, I'm going to look her up while I'm talking to you, um, um, decided she would read tarot cards to help try and solve this uh, crime. She felt that she could solve the crime by reading tarot cards. Okay. And she implicated through her tower cards um, that one of the people involved was a professor at the University of Idaho. She, you know, this self-described psychic sleuth she claimed that she solved the murders and she she posted on there that one of the employees of the University of Idaho was involved in the murders so so this this person's name this TikTok personality TikTok personality. This is, I can't believe I'm talking about this, but this is the world we live in now. Ashley Gillard, her name is. Ashley Gillard. And she accused the history chair of the University of Idaho, a professor there, of being the perpetrator or one of them involved in this off-campus murder of these four beautiful students. So she went on there and she has over a hundred thousand followers. I'm going to restart reading tarot cards, by the way, so I can get, you know, his followers. And if you want your, your, if you want your reading, I'll do it for you because I can read tarot cards. Um, so a hundred thousand followers and she, she posted these videos onto her account, which then went viral and had millions of views. Millions, including me, including me, because I went to see them all. So here's this crazy TikTok personality, and I'm sorry. No, I, I'm, I, I don't want to be derogatory. I don't believe in this kind of stuff. I don't believe in reading the future. I don't believe in, you know. I mean, basically, tarot cards are just fate. These are the cards that come out now, and this is what they say to me. So that's, they believe in fate, clearly. Um, I, I'm not a big believer. I don't believe in, you know, talking to the dead. I know some people do. I'm not gonna, I don't want to knock anybody on that. I just think it's kind of silly. That's just me. So please, this is my opinion. It's my opinion. doesn't mean... It's bad for anybody else. If you like and you're interested in that, Godspeed. Have fun with that. But this this woman reads these cards, identifies the murderer, and people now start, you know, making uh, claims that the professor was involved in the murder, and they start doing their own personal investigations. 
into the murder and harassing this poor woman. I think her name was um, Rebecca Schofield. That was, I, I can't believe I remembered her name. Rebecca Schofield. So now Rebecca Schofield, thank God she's standing up for herself and she's suing this, this uh, uh, psychic sleuth, TikTok psychic sleuth. Um, she's suing as well she should. As well she should as that is insane that that many people believed that she was involved in the murder. Now, who knows what goes on here? I mean, there's been some crazy shit in the past. We all know this. You know, can't rule it out completely. But they seem to have caught the person uh, in, involved in this. And all indications are that you know, they have arrested the right person. But my point is, and Lizzo's point is, you start posting shit on the internet, the danger of people believing stuff that is completely untrue is dangerous. And we see this over and over and over again. And, you know, we criticize Facebook and we criticize, you know, other giant social media enterprises for, you know, closing down some of this stuff and censoring people. But it's right. It's right. You, can, you know, we they have to have a responsibility out there. We personally are not going to hold ourselves responsible, apparently. We're, we're just going to go out there and say whatever we want and let it go. I mean... This is the power of the internet. This is this is where we are. And you know, Lizzo, God, thank God she stepped up saying, people, stop. It's not, it's not gonna have any effect. It's not. Because I can go and write something or I can report something on here and I can make it sound like really truthful. And people will believe it. People will share it. People will repeat the story within their family they will share it with their children do you understand the power of this like a, a grown adult is going to go on there and you're going to believe that a psychic solved the murder and that the professor was involved and then that family's going to talk about it that that person's going to talk about it inside of their family dynamic and younger people are going to hear it and then they're going to go listen to the psychic and potentially believe that she knows what she's doing or other psychics know what they're doing and that's what they're going to follow for the rest of their lives. Yes, it's that kind of impact. I and The genie's out of the bottle. There is no stopping it. My only recommendation, the only thing that we can do is educate people at a very young age about now what basically is the number one way to get your information. That needs to be become part of every single, you know, elementary school education process. That needs to be part of it. And I don't know what we call it, you know, um, but we have to teach people, children, how to disseminate information. It's absolutely imperative. And probably, probably one of the most important things that we can teach our children right now, going forward in this day and age. That how do we discern what is the truth or not the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's I think it's necessary and I think it's brilliant and I think you agree with me. Um so I think that Lizzo and other people with followers should come together. And there should be a public service announcement 
there should be an effort by not just celebrities and influencers, but governments, Hollywood entities should come together and create PSAs not to believe everything you read, that there needs to be a process of verification. I don't know. I haven't thought it through all the way on what we can do, how we can fix it. But I could, I could tell you the start is put it in the schools and teach people that not everything you read is the truth. Amen. Uh, take a short break. I'll be right back. This is the OG Middleman. And welcome back to the OG Middleman podcast. It's raining like crazy in California right now. And California doesn't do good in the rain. Doesn't do good at all. We need it desperately. But when storms hit, erosion happens, and bad things follow. So I hope everybody who is in those areas are taking caution. Sometimes we don't even know where those areas are. When when this kind of deluge happens... We don't know who's going to be affected. I'll I'll tell you where I live right now. We're kind of at the top of a hill on a street, uh, but we're at the top of a hill, and there's it's not unreasonable to think that when it rains this much, that underneath things start to erode, and all it takes is for one little part of something to slip, and whoop down the hill we can go. It is absolutely possible. It can happen anywhere that's in a in a uh, area that's on a slope or near a slope, at the bottom of a slope, which is really the worst place to be. And we've seen that happen in California before, in areas where, again, it wasn't expected. Just this is this is how the planet is. This is how Earth is, and this will continue to happen till the end of time. So we always have to be prepared for it. We do the best that we can, for sure. I know experts are constantly looking um, at geography and, and maps and such and from preparing for earthquakes and natural disasters, but there's only so much they can do. It's kind of like preparing for an avalanche when this happens. Yeah, we, we know there's a lot of snow up there and we can certainly use some detonations to create controlled landslides or avalanches but we never know when they're really going to happen and that's just the planet and how we are my dog is suffering for sure my dog leo who is loyally lying over here in my doorway i'm recording from home today um, not the best equipment here and the best sound but He's uh, just lying there and uh, waiting for me to take him for a walk, but that ain't happening. Uh, that ain't happening in this weather. So the backyard is his duty area, and that's where he's going to do his duty. And speaking of duty, and one of my all-time favorites, Howard Stern, stole this idea from me, by the way. And I, I want to just put that out there, that I was talking about this particular product and this is this is my product review um wipes baby wipes so when i when i had my son low those many years ago and we were cleaning him after every pooped his diapers we used baby wipes and Needless to say, you go through a lot of baby wipes. So I started using, you know, Charmin toilet paper first, and then I would use the baby wipes, which helped us conserve the baby wipes. I thought it was a no-brainer. And then you can flush the toilet paper and throw away the baby wipes. And as I was doing this, I thought to myself, huh, you know what? I want to try this on myself. So I did. Now, we're talking over 30 years ago. Over 30 years ago, I was doing this. So I went in, 
And after a good one, after a good do drop the good deuce, I used the baby wipe. And this, so I thought that I was clean. I wiped myself and got it all clean using Charmin toilet paper, double ply. Thought I was clean. But when I went in with the baby wipes, whoa, wow. I'm like, you kidding me? So I was going to pull up my underwear and my pants and go about my day, but I wasn't completely clean. And then I became obsessed with it. And every time I went to the bathroom, I would use a wipe. So I would use one wipe and I would say, okay. Then I would pull another one and I would look at it and I go, okay, there's still more. Then I would use another one and would still get more. And then I would get another one and I would do like a wide swath. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't just do up the crack. I would cover like the whole buttle area and find, holy shit, this stuff spreads. It's everywhere. So my personal challenge to you, men and women, men and women, but mostly men, is to wipe yourself as best as you can with toilet paper and then get baby wipes. And I want you to wipe and I want you to see what's there. And then I want you to wipe again and see what's still there. And then do a wide swath wipe so that you see where everything is and you're in for a shock. You're in for a shock. That's what you're going out with every day, man. And I'm not going to say what goes on in your bedroom, but hey, women, look out. That's all I can say is look out. Uh, that's it for my podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this. Um, I'm going to have some guests coming on here this week. And I'm going to be starting a four-day fast. That's right. I'm starting a four-day fast. I'll talk about that more on my next, next podcast. I think I, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. Peace and love. Bye.